Fairy Fingers by Anna Cora Mowat Ritchie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kelly Taylor. Chapter Two Cousins. Bertha's prediction was verified, and the whole chateau was thrown into confusion by preparations for the coming of the young Vicomte. Old Baptiste forsook his garden tools for the whole day to play indoor domestic. Gustave, who daily doubled his role of coachman with that of valet, slighted his beloved horses, horses whose mothers and grandmothers had supplied those de Grémont stables for time immemorial, to cleanse windows, brighten mirrors, and polish dingy furniture. Bettina, the antiquated femme de chambre of the countess, who also discharged the combined duties of housekeeper and housemaid, flew about with a bustling activity that could hardly have been expected from her years and infirmities. Elise, the cook, made far more elaborate preparations for the coming of the young vicomte than would have been deemed necessary for the dinner to be given to her master's guests this band of venerable domestics had all been servants of the family from before the vicomte's birth and he was not only an idol among them but seemed in a manner to appertain to them all the countess alone did not find the movement of gladness around her contagious the coming of maurice before the departure of madeleine distressed her deeply but small troubles and great were incongruously mingled in her mind for while she was tormented by the frustration of her plans she fretted almost as hardly over that set of sevres porcelain which with the addition of her grandson would not be sufficient for the expected guest even if madeleine dined in her own chamber besides the arrival of maurice made that arrangement out of the question he would certainly oppose her banishment just as bertha had done and the day unfortunately was madeleine's birthday this circumstance would give her cousins additional ground for insisting upon her presence at the festive board the countess saw no escape from her domestic difficulties and was thoroughly out of humour before madeleine had awoke that morning bertha had stolen to her bedside and clasped the bracelet upon her arm light as was bertha's touch it aroused the sleeper and she greeted her birthday token with unfeigned gratitude and delight but madeleine had few words to spend in contemplation of the precious gift she dressed rapidly then hastened away to make the chateau bright with flowers to complete various preparations for the toilette of her aunt to perform numerous offices which might have been termed menial but she entered upon her work with so much zest she executed each task with such consummate skill she took so much interest in the employment of the moment that no labour seemed either tedious or debasing maurice de gramont had just completed his twenty-first year when he graduated with high honour at the university of france 
after passing a fatiguing examination he had gladly consented to act upon his father's suggestion and devote a few weeks to enjoyment in the gay metropolis the count had no clue to the cause of his sudden return to brittany aunt aunt there is the carriage he is coming baptiste run and open the gate cried bertha whose quick eyes had caught sight of the coach which had stopped at the farther end of the long avenue of noble trees leading to the chateau baptiste had made all speed which his aged limbs allow gustave hastened to throw open the front door bertha was on the porch before the carriage drew up the count and countess appeared at the entrance just as maurice sprang down the steps of the lumbering vehicle his blue eyes sparkled with genuine joy and his countenance glowed with animation as he embraced his grandmother warmly kissed his father according to the french custom then turned to bertha clasped her extended hands and touched either cheek lightly with his lips she received the cousinly salutation without any evidence of displeasure or any token of confusion as the maiden and the youth stood side by side they might easily have been mistaken for brother and sister the same florid colouring was remarkable in the countenance of both save that the tints were a few shades deeper in the visage of maurice his eyes were of a darker blue his glossy hair was tinged with chestnut while bertha's shone with unmingled gold but like bertha's his recreant locks had a strong tendency to curl and lay in rich clusters upon his brow distressing him by a propensity which he deemed effeminate his mouth was as ripely red as hers but somewhat larger firmer and less bland in its character his eyebrows too were more darkly traced supplying a want only too obvious in her countenance the resemblance however disappeared in the forehead and classic nose for the brow of maurice was broad and high the nose prominent though finely shaped his form was manly without being strikingly tall it was what might be designated as a noble figure but the term owed its appropriateness partially to his refined and graceful bearing my dear father i am so glad to see you grandmother it is refreshing to find you looking as though you bade defiance to time and you my little cousin how much you have improved how lovely you have grown a year does a great deal for one's appearance yours for instance replied bertha saucily well there was abundant room for improvement maurice replied to her vivacious remark with a laugh of assent and looking eagerly around asked where is madeleine madeleine is busy as usual replied bertha i warrant she is in some remote corner of the chateau mysteriously employed she does not know that you have arrived and is she well my father never once mentioned her in his letters and has she kept you company in growing so much handsomer during the last year her beauty needed no heightening exclaimed bertha affectionately 
but she develops new talents every day she sings more delightfully than ever and lately she has commenced drawing from nature with the most wonderful ease you should see the flowers she first creates with her pencil then copies with her needle i really think her needle can paint almost as dexterously as the brush of any other artist the count exchanged a look with his mother then whispered do stop her the latter turned quickly to her grandson and said are you and bertha determined to spend the morning out of doors come let us go in as they entered the drawing-room the countess pointed to a seat beside her maurice leave your chattering little cousin and sit down and give us some account of yourself what have you been doing how have you been passing your time maurice obeyed bertha placed herself on the other side of her aunt the count took a chair opposite behold a most attentive and appreciating audience cried bertha now mr collegian and traveller hero of the hour most noble representative of the house of de gramont hold forth let us hear how you have been occupying your valuable time in the first place i have been studying tolerably hard little cousin it seems very improbable does it not the midnight oil has not yet paled my cheeks to the sickly and interesting hue that belongs to a student still the proof is that i pass my examination triumphantly i will show you my prizes by and by and they will speak for themselves next i have joined a debating society of young students who are preparing to become lawyers our meetings have afforded me infinite pleasure at our last reunion i undertook to plead a cause and achieved a wonderful success i had no idea that language would flow so readily from my lips i was astonished at my own thoughts and the facility with which i formed them into words and they say i made a capital argument i received the most enthusiastic congratulations and my associates in pressing my hand addressed me not as vicomte de gramont but as the able orator i really think that i could make an orator but that i have sufficient talent to become a lawyer a lawyer exclaimed the countess with supreme disdain what could induce such a vulgar idea to come into your head a lawyer there is really something startling something positively appalling in the vagarities of the rising generation a lawyer what an idea it is something more than an idea my dear grandmother it is a project which i have formed and which i cherish most seriously replied maurice a project a project i like projects let us hear your sublime project mr advocate cried bertha the project is simply to test the abilities which i am presumptuous enough to believe that i have discovered in myself and to study for the bar my father wrote me that he intended to become a director in the railway company and descanted upon the advantage of embarking in the enterprise he also confided to me for the first time the real state of our affairs in a word the empty condition of our treasury 
why should my father occupy himself with business matters and i live in idleness once more i repeat i am convinced that i have sufficient ability to make a position at the bar and with my father's consent and yours grandmother i propose to commence my law studies at once a pity vulgar impossible i for one will never countenance a step so humiliating it is not to be thought of replied his grandmother in a tone of decision no maurice your project is futile responded his father my joining this railroad association is quite a different matter i shall in reality have nothing to do it is only my name that is required besides america is so far off that nobody in brittany will be aware of my connection with the company your becoming a lawyer would be a public matter i cannot recall the name of a single nobleman in the whole list of barristers so much the better for me my title may in this solitary instance prove to be of service to me it may help to bring me clients people will be enchanted to be defended by a vicomte you conjure up a picture that is absolutely revolting cried the countess warmly my grandson pleading to defend the rabble why not if the rabble should happen to stand in the need of defence why not because you should ignore their very existence what have you and they in common maurice was about to reply somewhat emphatically but noticing his grandmother's knitted brow and his father's troubled expression he checked himself the countess added with an air of determination that forbade discussion maurice you will never obtain my consent never but if i may not study for the bar what am i to do asked the young man with spirit do questioned the countess proudly what have the de Gremonts done for centuries past do nothing nothing thank you grandmother for your estimate of my capacities and of the sluggish manner in which my blood courses through my veins doing nothing was all very well in the dead alive bygone days but it does not suit the present age of activity and progress in our time everything that has heart and spirit feels that labour is a law of life some cultivate the minds of their fellow-men some guard their country's soil by fighting our battles that is some vocations enable us to live some teach us how to live some render it glorious to die now instead of adopting any of these pursuits i only wish to to become a manufacturer of fine phrases a vendor of words replied the countess disdainfully an advantageous merchandise answered maurice one which it costs nothing to manufacture but which may be sold dear sold you shock me more and more never has one who bore the name of de Gremont earned money replied the countess with increased hauteur very true and very fortunate 
we are now feeling the ill effects of the idleness of our ancestors it is time that the new generation should reform their bad system replied maurice maurice began his father my dear father let me speak upon this subject for i have it greatly at heart i have an iron constitution buoyant spirits a tolerably good head a tolerably large heart an ample stock of imagination an unstinted amount of energy and an admiration for genius now all these gifts mind heart imagination spirit energy cry out for action ask to vindicate their right to existence need to find event that is one ground upon which i plant my intention to become a lawyer another is that a man of my temperament liberal views and tendencies to extravagance also needs to have the command of means have we ever restricted you maurice asked his father reproachfully no it is only yourselves you have restricted but do you suppose i am willing to expend what has been saved through your economy until lately i never knew the actual state of our finances now i see the necessity for exertion that i may be enabled to live as my taste and habits prompt that you may be able to obtain by making an advantageous marriage remarked the countess forgetting at the moment that bertha was present what oh my privileges my luxuries my very position to my wife never every manly and independent impulse within me rises in arms against such a suggestion while the emotion i experienced when i felt i could become something of myself that i had talents which i could employ that i had a future before me renowned to win great deeds to achieve filled me with a strange joy hitherto unknown i tell you my father there is a force and fire in my spirit that must have some outlet must leap into action must and will it shall find an outlet replied the countess without making you a hired declaimer of fine words a paid champion of the low mob let us hear no more of this absurd lawyer project the matter is settled you will never have your father's consent nor mine then i warn you exclaimed maurice starting up and speaking almost fiercely you will drive me into evil courses i shall fall into all manner of vices for the sake of excitement if i cannot have occupation i must have amusement i shall run in debt i may gamble i may become dissipated i may commit offences against good taste and good morals which will degrade me in reality and all because you have nipped a pure intention in the bud the root that bore it is too vigorous not to blossom out anew and the chances are that it will bring forth some less credible fruit you will see i do not jest i know what is in me content we will run the risk replied the countess trying to speak cheerfully the grave manner of maurice and his impressive tone as he stood before her with an air half threatening half prophetic made her experience a sensation of vague discomfort we will trust you for you are a degrement and cannot commit a dishonourable act now pray go to your room and make your toilette 
We are expecting guests for dinner. Maurice turned away without uttering another word, without even heeding the hand which Bertha stretched out in sympathy toward him, and, with a clouded brow and slow steps, ascended to his own apartment. End of chapter 2